setup has changed for monetization since Anchor got bought out by Spotify has made us reconsider whether or not we can keep going with the podcast. So if we are not able to shift to align with what Spotify wants us to do, which is to basically have the automated ads that they put in that people hear when they listen to the podcast on Spotify as opposed to another platform, then by the end of the year this year, we're probably not going to do the show anymore because we used to be able to have a very specific sponsorship setup through Anchor, but that's really not going to exist. And we're going to just have whatever we can get from people who listen on Spotify. Now, out of like the thousands of you that listen, a very small fraction of you right now listen on Spotify, which means that we're not really able to generate any like ad revenue, which means that we're not really able to fund the podcast anymore. So if you want to have the show keep going every week you want to help us out one of the easiest things to do is actually if you're willing and able to just move over and listen to the show on spotify that's the easiest way to do it you could also potentially become a monthly supporter that could help if you really don't want to listen on spotify or you can't listen on spotify that would kind of help us see like do we have enough support to just do it that way and not have to do it because here's the deal we get told all the time by spotify oh just add more just put more ad spots in but we don't have like a 25 or hour long podcast like we have like a five minute podcast. So we're not going to put like five ad spots in a five minute podcast. I'm not doing that. It's it's not fair to you. It would be weird. But right now we're just trying to figure out, do we have any potential to continue to keep it going with the structure that is kind of being enforced? So that's the deal. Just wanted to let you know. And if you can help us out, we would really appreciate it because we've been going and going and going for years and we would like to keep going for many more years, but we need your help. If you've ever had the distinct pleasure of picking out a popsicle or slushy flavor on a hot summer's day, then you are probably well aware of the highly sought after mouth staining marvel that is blue raspberry. So blue raspberry as a flavor is also found in a number of hard candies and like other confections. Um, I'm thinking specifically of like lollipops and it's been around a lot longer than you might expect. Basically it originated sometime in the 1950s or 60s. Now exactly just who invented it and then subsequently popularized it is kind of up for debate. It was around this time that the world was also gifted flavor ice and otter pops, which is what we used to call cool pops when I was a kid. And they're those frozen like water fruit corn syrup ice treats that are in a plastic sleeve that would basically like cut your mouth joker style at the corners if you weren't careful. <laughs> um, but they were so damn good on a sweaty August afternoon. So originally these flavored ice novelties came in four flavors, cherry, strawberry, watermelon, and raspberry. So you'll notice that all of these are kind of on the like red spectrum in terms of color. And so cherry, strawberry, and watermelon could be distinguished just by sort of altering the shade a little bit. So strawberry could be lighter than cherry, like cherry would be that bright red and then watermelon could be more of even like a and so then when you're thinking about like raspberry they were like well we can make the raspberry one kind of darker and more of like a wine purple color which would have been fine except that the dye that they needed to achieve that color which also happened to be the cheapest one and therefore the only one that a company would want to use if they were making a metric shit ton of ice pops every day was something called amaranth 
So amaranth, or FDNC red number two, was not long after uh, banned by the FDA and labeled a carcinogen, but only after Russian scientists had already conducted studies linking it to cancer, and the FDA was like, nah, I don't think so, but then the public was like, wait a second, and there was this massive outcry accusing the U.S. government of colluding with mega food corporations. So then in the face of that, the FDA actually did go back and conduct studies, and yes, red dye number two uh, was linked to cancer. So, oops, sorry. Anyway, the FDA did ban that shit in 1976. So then what to do? No more raspberry ice pops, right? Well, the flavor chemists needed a fourth flavor, and the only other dye they had kicking around was a blue color. It was actually Brilliant Blue FCF, and it was decidedly not applicable to anything that they were working on. But after they started kind of toying around the raspberry flavor, taking inspiration from the white bark raspberry, they realized that it was probably obscure enough that even if they, that even if it didn't really resemble the real life fruit, like probably nobody would care. So they could probably get away with making the pops blue and then just using up all that dye and calling it blue raspberry. So that's basically what they did. However, as early as 1958, there were records of a blue raspberry flavor at the old snow cone factory, but nobody at snow cone as a brand, seems to know how it got there. Incidentally though, blue raspberry is the most popular snow food flavor. So the icy, otherwise known as the slushy, has also become known for the blue raspberry flavor, which along with cherry is the most popular. They also believe that they were the ones who really popularized blue raspberry. They kind of take credit for it because obviously raspberry and cherry, you know, they were like, well, these would both be red flavors and we need something that goes along with our classic cherry flavor that's tasty, but also very distinctly different visually. So blue raspberry then was tasty, but also was like the ultimate solution to that color problem. But then there are also the people at Otter Pops, the plastic ice frozen treats of your youth, who made similar claims at about the same time. So this was all happening in the early 70s. So whoever is to thank or blame for the blue raspberry flavor, it has become pretty ubiquitous. And so while these examples have like definitely stood the test of time, I also see it popping up now in stuff like Jolly Ranchers and Twizzlers. And basically though, like there are some blue raspberry things that you can eat, you know, that you won't like have on your teeth for the next like 48 hours. But then if you go totally all out and you get your ass like a blue raspberry snow cone, like you know that your mouth is just gonna be blue. There is no hiding the evidence when it comes to like that classic the Lou Raspberry Popsicle. Hey, it's your host, Abby. Quick question. Would you mind listening to the show on Spotify if you're not already? Even though thousands of you listen every week, most of you don't listen on Spotify. You listen on another platform. And since Anchor got acquired by Spotify, they've changed the way that people can monetize their shows. So we used to have sponsorships through Anchor and they're moving away from that and moving to only doing the ads that are put in by Spotify automatically that we don't really have as much control over. But the problem is none of you really listen on Spotify. So if we can't turn it around and be able to monetize, then we're not going to be able to keep going. So the other alternative is if you can't listen on Spotify or you don't want to listen on Spotify, maybe just consider becoming a monthly supporter to help us out. Be really helpful either way. We're also really trying to avoid putting more ad spots in, which is kind of what Spotify asked us to do if we wanted to try to monetize. But 
the podcast is five minutes long, so we're not going to put five ad spots in because that'd be really ridiculous. So anyway, thanks for your help.